Telus International Studios, where customer experience meets digital transformation. Welcome to Telus International Studios. I'm your host, Patrick Hawhey, and on today's episode, we're talking fintech, specifically the recent changes and challenges that modern fintechs are bringing to traditional banking as the needs and expectations of consumers and businesses continue to change and evolve. Our guest is Ante Spittler, co-founder and CEO of Moss. Now, Moss is a digital spend management platform for businesses of varying sizes. They are exploding across Europe with very impressive growth. Ante starts off the conversation by telling us a little bit about Moss and their own customer experience approach. Let's have a listen. One of the big things we talk about on, on Telus International Studios is the world of customer experience and um, how you interact with your partners, your clients, how you win new business and how you help them succeed um, in partnership with you. So is, does that form a, a big part of, of what you do and, and your strategy? Um, 100%, like absolutely. And it's and you can break it down, as you said, in, 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 in different elements, right? It's almost like how you look at the life cycle of a customer but it's also how you look at the life cycle of your employees, uh, starting from before they they like engage with us, up until the point when they maybe even leave us, yeah. And trying to of course like shape this journey. So, hundred, it's definitely like probably one of the most important instruments uh, and and points of view, because otherwise you always end up in this very silo silo focus, um, and and with this there will be wrong decisions. That's for sure. Well, what has your experience been? Have you just, if for anyone listening, are there some key watchouts? Are in in the sort of journey you've had? Is is there a mistake you've made that were you to do it again, you would do it differently? Um, yeah, like uh, we have done hundreds of mistakes, um, but one that we cured, for example, in this with this company versus probably the last company is um, put a very strong focus on on the people side. And especially the initial team that's um, that that's joining us, like from the very first days, um, we we focused on bringing in experienced people uh, with a fairly high level of of uh, of or like professional education, but also like very high level of of like understanding the problem in depth. Yeah, almost like sector experts. Um, and and with this, um, we just ended up um, having a very strong SWAT team. Uh, they could do both manage and build at the same time and that of course also attracted the right people in the next wave right because ultimately your hiring becomes decentralized uh, it's not only one person it hires it's like a number of people um, the people they know who are strong from their own network just fuel referral based hires so it's it's almost like it starts from the beginning but then eventually it's it has a huge spill over into the whole organization well, as you move from that startup phase into a more scale-up phase and scale-up mindset, has your approach to customer experience uh, adapted and evolved? Yeah, so I think um, man, actually, again, many uh, different dimensions. Uh, so first of all, it's like there is always this discussion around when does marketing hand over to sales? When does sales hand over to to operations? Uh, is it with application or sign up? Is it before or later? Um, and we had to figure it out. It was a it was a process, and we changed it. Uh, so, for example, the first phase of customer onboarding, 
was pulled out of the sales organization um, and is now a customer success organization that's quite separate and it has a couple of other KRs on top. Um, um, at the same time, we'll probably also be experiencing if part of this journey, maybe even go back to sales, yeah, to commercial development. Uh, and it's a never-ending process, yeah. So, um, so quite, uh, uh, quite clear that 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 this is something that needs to be managed uh, really well uh, because it will spill over into NPS, into retention, uh, into engagement, like all these elements of of our product. And have you brought in any types of technology or certain programs to assist you and to enhance your customer experience operations? Um, Yeah, so generally speaking, um, all processes are tool enabled. Um, We have so many tools, it's 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 crazy. (laughs) Like it's, uh, I'm pretty sure that every company or tech company or less tech company with more than 100 employees will have 50 plus subscriptions uh, for, for, for tech tools. Um, and what we, what we decided on is, um, um, plug in like basic customer relationship management tools as a baseline. Uh, and, and we decided to use Salesforce on that side. Um, there is other options, which probably also make sense, uh, in, in, in other cases. And then, and then on top of that, uh, we have extended basically the offering by other tools or have bought tools on top that connect. Um, and that's how our, our entire customer journey is managed, uh, including uh, the commercial process, but then also the operations piece that comes later. Um, I would be lying if I, if I, if I would know all of these tools, uh, mm-hmm. it's just not my daily, the daily bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you can only do so much. And you mentioned sort of the fact that there's now many different departments and people and what you try after trying to avoid silos and kind of keep a consistency of communications across the company. And um, how do you also ma- like you mentioned all the, the software tools and the various pieces of technology you have? Is that also a challenge is to try and keep them somehow connected and have a, a broadly working in tandem with each other? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a it's a huge challenge. Um, and now I can advertise Moss a little bit on one element <laughs> and then we're going to answer the other side. Yes. Um, so it's, it almost starts like with being able to monitor these uh, these subscriptions um, and also not lose control over how much is getting spent. Uh, so for our platform, for example, has a sub- subscription feature where there is one virtual card there is to attach to each subscription. So your Salesforce subscription would have one, your, your Calendly, uh, your Zoom, uh, whatsoever, um, and you can you basically automate the entire process um, from what gets built, how the receipt is attached, how the spend is categorized, and can track the spend development over time. And that's probably one of the most used features uh, for finance teams um, in terms of managing subscriptions. But then, of course, there is also this technical product and uh, almost user perspective, which is the other side of the table, uh, where you need to make sure that these tools are are either connected or synchronized in any way yeah because otherwise you end up managing three four silo tools uh, that don't interact um and i think that's that's a that's a huge challenge partially it's a partially it's a structural challenge because these tech tools are sometimes like scale-ups themselves they're just they're they're growing and building their product on the go 
um, and they might be a closed ecosystem initially and only become like an open ecosystem later, yeah, with open APIs to connect, etc. Uh, so it's almost like uh, restricted by 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 the number by like the tools that you use, yeah, how much you can connect them. And then the other one is of course um, being able to to like process it from an organizational perspective, yeah, have the right people understand. And can connect. Uh, I think more there is probably more that can be connected versus what is connected. Mm. Yeah, just because there is a knowledge gap on the team. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and each of those roles requires a person or a team of people. And I guess that's probably uh, part of the reason that you have gone from you know your founding team up to over 170 employees in in two years. So that's a really rapid scaling, I guess you could call it, and speaks to. The initial success of Moss, I would imagine, have things gone well as as you would have hoped in the last couple of years? Um, like overall, 100%, super happy. Um, looking in details, big variation. <laughs> uh, when we, so one thing is, is for certain, we brutally underestimated the complexity when we started. Uh, and I, I think it's good, yeah? Uh, because if we understood it, <laughs> you wouldn't, we wouldn't have done, have done it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, so it was almost like a self self protection mechanism to not over engineer, but just decide to do it at a certain point of time. Yeah, like you have a pre assessment phase, but then you just go ahead, uh, quit your job, raise funds, hire the team, and just try it out. Yeah, it's better than just doing the research for months and years. Um, and then on this journey, things played out really well. So we have been quite lucky with a couple of elements. I think the the biggest and most successful element was really around hiring this first team. Um, we get it together as, as an extended co-founding team with equity incentives. Um, and we made sure that, that, that everyone has a certain edge. It can be a, a cultural edge. It can be a way of working edge or a knowledge edge. Um, and all of those contributed to just being very punchy and fast. Yeah, we could just turn around things in days and weeks versus like months uh, for for in other organizations. Um, and this also brought us to where we are. So right now we have we have hundreds of SMBs uh, on our platform. Uh, we grow almost hundred percent quarter over quarter. Um, we are running more than hundred million in total process volume right now. Um, so it's it, it's really gaining traction it's it's heavily used by our customers um and that's what's giving us like the early indicators that the company makes sense and that the choices we took were the right ones well congratulations and based on all that i'd like to uh we've got some questions that came in from the telus international team a lot of questions for 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 you i have to say it's a it's a very such an interesting space and such an interesting company from many perspectives and so there was plenty of questions here i'll just give you a handful uh, and uh, you might answer them the ones you can here's one how did the need for smb's access to finance change over time and during the pandemic and was this a major catalyst for change um it was probably one of the biggest catalysts for change um and even though it's awful what happens yeah i was hit myself with with the infection um um nevertheless we as a business uh it helped us um, it helped us massively um because in essence what happened is companies from one day to the other moved from being together in the office to being at home <laughs> and suddenly business processes had to survive the switch from being jointly in this office to being uh, disconnected and distributed. 
Um, and with our platform where you can basically issue cards uh, to any employees in a super flexible way, this just helped companies continue running their business in an efficient way. Um, because you couldn't hand around the credit card anymore and you couldn't just walk into the finance department or get something from them, right? You had you needed technical tools that can support this in a digital way. Um, so for us, it was a massive uplift um, and not only in terms of like business performance, but also in terms of uh, market education. Yeah, I think that's where the question is, is almost hitting to. Um, like the market understood that something needs to change to, to work effectively in the future. Yeah? I think it was it learned this lessons also on being able to, to jump on a video conference call like we're doing right now, right? Not, not having to take planes all the time, mm -hmm. but then of course also in terms of how to manage your payments and how to manage your finance processes. Okay, very good. So um, another one, how will the SMB lending slash credit card space change the corporate world in the next five years? Um, yeah, also here, I, I have a strong belief. I, naturally, I have to be the uh, evangelist, uh, but uh, but it's, it's also honestly my 100% sincere opinion. Um, finance teams will not run their organization in the same way they did the last couple of years in five years' time. And the same also for other functions. Um, it's like... It, it needs to, we have to move away from any manual workflows, non-digital processes. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. We just like people are inefficient and they're spending time on topics that are not exciting. Yeah. It's not engaging brains. It's engaging hands and other, other things. Um, and that's why there, I think there will be a huge shift. We see the shift happening right now. So, I mean, we are now acquiring early adopters. But this backlog of early adopters is growing and growing massively. Um, and I think one of the critical elements um, that needs to happen to, to make this work um, is um, market education. So people understanding there is another way of doing, yeah? understanding that I don't have to send an email to ask for an approval to buy something. Yeah, it's, it's very inefficient. It can be a Slack integrated request that also pops on a mobile phone if someone is traveling. That's one green that tracks all these approvals Yeah, where you cannot get lost later and streamlines the process. And, it, and that's basically what's, um, what will happen from, 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 from my point of view. So you're saying it's the end of the petty cash box for companies. A hundred percent. There will be so there, there, like, it will exist, yeah, for quite some time, and maybe it's even good. Uh, but the share that runs through it will become so much smaller. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, a couple more qu quick questions. The role of regulation. How is the role of regulation influencing new fintechs launching? Yeah, I mean, uh, regulators have have this massive effect, yeah, uh, and it's sometimes very hard to predict. Um, the recent trends with PSD2, open banking, um, and the whole regulation on that side actually show positive signs. And um, and it's the whole the opening of the market, uh, the streamlining of of how regulation is done across markets, yeah, like the UK versus the the German versus the French um, versus Malta, uh, is just getting harmonized uh, uh, with uh, with the European Central Bank initiatives, um, and and this is helping. Nevertheless, um, like whenever there is a change, 
it shuts down doors and opens up others, right? So it's going to kill businesses and it's going to open up new businesses. Um, and yeah, important to stay ahead of the curve. Well, and how do you? Do you have any tips in terms of how to how to stay ahead of the curve? Um, just just stay just stay close to the business critical elements in terms of what's getting announced. So for us, for example, uh, now in the card space, there was a decision to regulate uh, consumer consumer card interchange. Yeah, it's the main revenue stream that that Mastercard and and the scheme is paying out um, to to card issuers, and this one has been reduced from 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 um, more than 100 bips uh, to 20 30 bips uh, so it killed business models um, the commercial one is not regulated there is good signs why it also will not be in the near future but that's something to monitor because the business model changed dramatically if this happens um, same around uh, open banking uh, um, people couldn't access uh, bank account data unless it was shared through scraping or to sharing Excel sheets or something similar, something very inconvenient and, and insecure, yeah, in a, to a certain extent. Um, now with PSA2 and, and, and uh, open banking APIs, um, you basically can tap with a pretty quick process into like 90 days history and can keep the connection and run your processes on this, as long as the customer consents, of course, yeah, there needs to be a reason to do so. Um, but that's a, that's a huge lift. It just opens up um, um, a, a more modern way to run a business versus how it has been done by the banks before. Yeah. And that brings me to my final question um, from the TELUS International team. How are modern fintechs changing the traditional banking and financial services sectors for business? Yeah, um, it's a very it's a very complex question. I'm going to try to answer it very, very easily, yeah? <laughs> to not get lost with my own answer. <laughs> um, so I think I think it's two 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 elements uh, that probably stand out the most, and the one is the disaggregation of financial products and financial software. Um, in essence, it's basically offering a neo bank account or a next generation credit card as a payment instrument is a totally different activity versus building tools or as a software stack that aim to further enhance those financial products yeah integrate them attach certain 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 products to it workflows whatsoever um, and i think where what where where banks focused on and what smbs used to consume was financial products with almost zero software yeah just, just look like at at like business bank accounts like the online login uh, was the biggest invention that they had, yeah? Like it doesn't synchronize and link with anything. Um, and I think I think this, this aggregation of the two and then allowing people to tap into each of those and build products on top, sometimes into both, yeah? So we're doing both, for example, uh, just, just opens up a totally new uh, um, opportunity base and will therefore also change how SMBs work and interact in the future. You did a very good job and <laughs> concisely ans answering a very complex question. So thank you for that. Um, okay, look, my final question then. You, uh, We spoke earlier, you came from the very comfortable corporate world, safe job, and took the decision to leave on this roller coaster startup and scale up journey. Is there anything you miss about the old world? Or are you fully bought into um, the craziness of, uh, of your current life? <laughs> 
I would be I would be lying if I if I if I didn't have moments where I cried for 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 safety and structure. <laughs> uh, that's hundred percent certain. At the same time, I think once once you catch the entrepreneurial fever, there is no way to go back. Like there is, I, I would I would not be successful. Like it's I would probably get like gray skin. Uh, be depressed and and would not source my energy and my potential and it's not and it's just because there is other things that attract me more <laughs> uh, and so the answer is lots of pain but also lots of gain great uh, Ante Spittler thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your views on a very very interesting industry uh, today on TELUS International Studios thanks thanks for having me very much appreciated <laughs> And that's it for this episode of TELUS International Studios. Thanks to Ante Spittler for joining us as our guest. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you can join us next time. We'll be back very soon with another episode. And until then, take care.